1: It must be springtime. Lots of news, lots of changes, lots of stuff going on simultaneously. I think, of course, you and I just came from the first local car show of the year.
0: I was going to say, I was going to mention this if you didn't.
1: And the cars came out of the woodwork. It's very clear that everybody, ourselves included, we are all itching for folks. It is drive time.
0: Yeah, no kidding. There was a McLaren 675 Longtail in the parking lot. Yep,
1: that was nuts. In Park City. It drove in, and my son, who's fairly car savvy, went, Dad, what is that? (laughs) What is
0: that? There were multiple GT3s. There was the yes. Porsche Zone. There was Audi R8. There was mm-hmm. Panameras. Um, Stradman was there, and his yep, orange Lamborghini. He's a,
1: he's a friend of ours locally, and uh, so he was there. What uh, else?
0: Your Lotus, my Cayman, mm-hmm. uh, Nismo Nissan GTR. Notice that one. Yeah, that was was off the showroom floor. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I took a few photos. Trying to think, what else? Uh, A few Teslas down at the end that everybody was infatuated with. By the way, I did finally see the phenomenon that Tesla designed those doors for. It was a guy and his wife in the parking lot of the grocery store, and he was taking his baby out of the back seat, and the door lifted up, and he could actually have clearance to take his child out of the Tesla Model X. Great. And it worked, and I thought, fantastic. Everybody else manages to. So well, but awesome. But, uh, okay,
1: hang on though. Hang on though. It was great to see that. that yes, you know. But at the same time, at finally. the same time, the only way he he really proved it is if he. This is because this is the real thing you can do that you can't do it in any other car is if you're a parent, you can stand in front of the seat in the car with your head out of the roof and buckle them in while standing directly over them.
0: Also nice. That's Good the thing that's
1: supposed to be the thing because yeah. otherwise, if you've ever put a kid and I have, you ever put a kid in or out of a minivan? Not hard.
0: Yeah. Not yeah,
1: just flat out, not difficult. Minivans have doors too. Other than the fact that it's a child you're trying to buckle in and they're squirming, but that's just a universal reality. Right. Short right. of that, the minivan door, it, in case you didn't notice, a side of a shipping crate opened for you.
0: Pretty much. Yeah.
1: You're okay. It's not that <laughs> exactly. bad. You know, but anyway. Exactly.
0: No, uh, what else? Yeah, just great cars. Really cool, yeah. It was only 50 degrees, but Mm -hmm. it felt like, okay, we're on the cusp of something here. Everybody was out. They were like, we have to drive. People came down from, yeah, Ogden. There were people up from Mm -hmm. Sandy, all over Salt Lake. There was some hot stuff there. My
1: son, I, I locked the Lotus. My son came by and grabbed the key. Okay. And the next thing I know, I look over and... Both the doors of Lotus and the trunk, where the, the engine is, are all open. Oh, no. And he's talking somebody through.
0: <laughs> he's the biggest ambassador for that car. I broke myself ever. away from
1: what I was doing. He just walked over there and said...
0: How you doing? And he was doing fine. He <laughs> was actually, he was actually doing,
1: doing fine. Good, but but it, but he had everything open. He was talking it through. He was he was given stats. It was hysterical.
0: That's awesome. So he's
1: all about the Lotus, which is very funny. But let's also be honest. He fits in the Lotus. I, I did have two conversations tonight where somebody said to me. They started the conversation by going. So how do you fit in that car? Like which is this. actually the part of the the long term video I have coming up soon.
0: Good, good, good. Well, uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We are excited to announce this year's 2018 mm. pilgrimage trip coming at you. You are cordially invited and it is posted on the website Yep. if you go to everydaydriver.com slash adventures. So it's the adventures tab Mm -hmm. right there in the middle and it has all the description. It has the price. There's a frequently asked questions tab Mm -hmm. down there Yep. Yep. and the video of course from last year so you can watch that get a good sense of what the trip is about. It is fully announced. Yep. We are doing it. It is the first week of August 2018. Yes, please so a join little us. bit earlier this year than it has been in past years, mm-hmm. but it is a longer trip. So we are including the Mercedes and Porsche museums, both in Stuttgart.
1: Yep. And Motor World while we're and there. And Motor World. It's going to be crazy. Uh, it's going to be Motor awesome. Yeah, it's it's going
0: to be excellent. We're actually staying at Motor World. That's going to be are. Part, yeah, of the, for sure. part of the trip. It's going to be really cool. Yeah, check that out. Look at the details. Please let us know. There are signups already happening. We mm-hmm. got and, a couple
1: people in already.
0: Yeah, registration also closes earlier this year because obviously the trip is mm-hmm. earlier, but because of the swag and because of getting everybody arranged in hotels. It's about getting all the cars and, cars, and hotels booked. Yeah. And if you're going to upgrade cars, all that kind of stuff, it needs to be done well in advance. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. Yeah, pull in, out the checkbook in years, and In years past, bring it. we have
1: tried very hard to not ever really close the registration, but that's proven to be very difficult when we have to get somebody a car at the last minute. So right, registration right. is closing the middle of June. I know what you're thinking right now. Oh, I got time. No, you don't. Join <laughs> us, please. We'd love to have you. Feel free to yeah. sign up right away. We'll get you further information. We'd love to have you join us. We are already excited, and it feels a long way away. But it it won't be a long way away because you and I will be – Almost wall to wall TV production and post until we go to Germany.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So, uh, yeah, check that out again. The Adventures tab right there, it's the top of the list. And it is the trip. If you've ever wanted to go, if you know somebody who wants to go, if you've been on the past two years, sign up, I'm interested list.
1: Yeah, you've already gotten the info for sure. Yeah, You've
0: gotten it. And uh, this is your year. So we'd love to have you. And, and
1: I want to make one last reminder. A couple of people that went last year said this to us. And I hadn't,
0: honestly, I hadn't even really thought
1: about it until a couple of people went last year mentioned it. The, the whole point of this trip, and it is resonating with people, is that if this is arrive and drive. The minute you arrive in Frankfurt, the whole thing is handled. Yeah. So while the figure, I will admit, the figure is a scary figure, but once you start to realize everything that's included and the fact that you don't have to lift a finger other than to show up, when you get there, I mean, literally you need to be conscious and willing to strap into a car. That's as much as we make you do on Pretty this much. trip.
0: Well, there are the t-shirts at the ring and spa gift shop. So you might want to buy if, some souvenirs yes. for the family and t-shirts yes. and load up on that stuff. That's if, the only to buy If you, want to buy, yeah, if you want
1: to buy souvenirs or tons of alcohol, that's the only thing we don't cover, <laughs> but that's but a personal you. thing. Anyway, yeah, tons yeah.
0: of alcohol. I mean, you're going to be on track the next day. So while it's great and I like <laughs> it too, I would highly recommend to, Get some sleep. One
1: year, we had a guy join us who was actually a hot shoe. He had a, he had a <laughs> yeah. guy join us. He spent the entire morning of the day we were at the ring. I, I don't say this lightly because I don't know that I've ever seen it prior, but he genuinely looked green. <laughs> I mean, you you hear that. It's like, oh, you're a little sick. You're looking green. He literally had a green pallor to his face. And he, he I remember him pushing back from lunch like, you know what? I shouldn't be eating. And then somewhere in the afternoon, he started to slowly rally. He was pounding water all morning. I just kept thinking, you're at the ring, man. Let's go drive. Yeah, like he'd, been, he'd had a lot of fun. That's the key thing. He hey. had a lot of fun.
0: That's awesome. So, uh, again – Check that out and uh, tell everybody because we're going. Uh, we want to fill the trip, and uh, hopefully you're with us. So check it out. Uh, also, moving on to a piece of news that uh, mm-hmm. you know us. We like to cover sometimes things that are newsworthy, but this yeah. is not necessarily a you know hot flash news kind of thing. It's interesting. It's it's, that's it's not like what we usually treat the the front of the podcast true. for, but this is pretty intriguing to me. It is.
1: It's future future production discussion. The fact that uh, both GM and Ford are shuffling their lineups, killing cars in favor of SUVs. Mm-hmm. The Chevy's killing the Sonic. I mean, I don't know that that's a big loss, but they are killing the Sonic. And let's be honest, they're killing the Sonic. Ford's killing the Fiesta. The thing I find fascinating about both those cars is that it's not like they're killing it because they're replacing it with. No, they're not. They're going to make other SUVs.
0: Yeah. I'm reading the articles here saying GM is also discontinuing the Impala, a decision that would kill a 61-year-old car model. I don't Mm -hmm. care. The rental fleets care. Yeah. And then it says, this is how the spin goes. Ford Motor Company planning to stop building the Fiesta small car for the U.S. and discontinuing the large Taurus in the U.S. Well where else do you guys sell it? It's the Taurus, yeah, it, it's been yeah. I mean, come on, yeah, Fiesta in Europe, but yeah, okay. I mean, interestingly, I wonder how all this outlook is going to affect companies like Dodge. Mm, that fair, really fair. I mean, they they've got the Durango, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But their whole lineup is Big cars.
1: Yeah, they're they're the last bastion of what you would think of as the traditional American sedan or car. I mean, even their even their muscle car is the last of that kind of breed. While yeah. the Mustang and Camaro have gone another way, the Challenger is still like, You want a muscle car? Buy a challenger.
0: Yeah. And I had noted that Honda is pausing the production of the new Accord sedan for eleven days because of an oversupply. Mm -hmm. And so all this to say is that it's in line with the trends that we've been noticing and what people are looking for and requesting as far as their car purchases, Mm -hmm. the CUV market just growing and exploding. And yes, they're useful and they're great for parking and all that kind of stuff. But as enthusiasts, we are wondering, you know, we continue Mm -hmm. to wonder about the future, about where the, the models will go because it comes down to the product planners, taking the design brief to the designers and saying, You know, on this new platform, whatever it is, here's what we're looking for you guys to design Mm. for sale. We're not a charity organization. We're (laughs) wanting to sell some product here. Yeah, for sure. And where are the sales? It's all in the SUVs and CUVs Mm. and that kind of stuff. So I, I, I don't have a grand conclusion. I'm just... Noting that the giant news outlets are noting what you and I have noticed in, well, as a trend over the years, but
1: these big these big automakers are actually saying this doesn't make sense to make these anymore. That's what's fascinating about it to me. Yeah, and they're following the money, and so okay, and of course they are. It'll be very interesting to see how that shakes out. And of course, that also relates to the uh, there was a question later, and I wanted to touch on it briefly now, and I want to come back to it later. But uh, you know, the the rumor is that the next Ford Focus RS mm-hmm. will be like 400 horsepower and have some hybridization. Yeah, right. Which is another interesting twist. I mean, this is all trying to read the future while Tesla tries to build Model 3s fast enough. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a really interesting world. Yeah, I, that question I, yeah. was
0: from type four eleven four forty one fourteen, 4114, I think. Yep. And, uh, yeah, he's asking about this uh, next base focus, mm-hmm. and nothing's officially confirmed. But really the question is about hybrid tech. And combine that with performance to mm-hmm. make a higher performance model and then mm-hmm. trickling down to the base cars and the the fun cars, the enthusiast yeah, yeah. cars that we love. Yeah. I see it coming, to be mm-hmm. honest, and hybrids changing the outlook or the tone, whereas well, hybrids haven't been the popular... You know, it's always the electric cars which are the cool kids. You know, and the, well, the they are the, the ones that get the press. You're right.
1: Yeah, they're, what is they're it a really? foot in both camps, which makes them kind of none of the above. But but here's the thing: that Ford Focus. I mean, he's he's asking about you know what do we think of this? Look at the last three hypercars. Mm-hmm. Okay, the, exactly. the LaFerrari, the P1, and the 918. Yeah. they all do it a little different, but they are all ultimately let's take an electric motor and have it benefit the gas motor to the point that the 918 can actually do all-electric running. The other two really kind of can't. The P1 for, like, down the block and the, and the LaFerrari not at all. But honestly, I'm all for this. I'm all for it. I love the idea of you have a genuine enthusiast car, you can do total silent running electric, and then that electric benefits the the strengths of the gasoline motor when you really want to have some fun. I, th- I think that is the best of all worlds.
0: Well, we've touched on the Camaro and Corvette and Mustang as mm-hmm. – Wow, they've got a lot of power. You know, what's yes. the next step in terms of performance? True, true. Is there going to be additive technology here? Mm-hmm. I mean, some mm-hmm. some supplemental, I will I would say. Yeah, you
1: brought technology. it up on our piece last season. I it
0: was a great point. And I'm I'm thinking, yes, I'm thinking we're gonna start to see that creep into mm-hmm. our favorite cars, but okay. I mean it's yeah. just gonna keep increasing the levels of performance. In those types of cars, it's not like car manufacturers are going to stagnate or go backwards. They've true. got to continually innovate true, true. Yeah. and add. So zero to 60 times drop, yeah. quarter mile times increase or decrease. I mean, you've got to have the things for the marketing, the marketing brief. Yeah. Yes. Well, it comes down to the marketing, right? <laughs> it really does. And your favorite marketing brief. It really does. <laughs> so, yes, to to answer your point, I see it coming, uh, you know, as far as all the way to base models maybe I, I think it'll like we're talking about trickle down from high end all the way down because making an inexpensive car doesn't necessarily mean putting all the hybrid technology yeah. in it.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, an inexpensive car that actually has, let's be honest, two complete running systems mm-hmm. that interact. I mean, at some point there will obviously be cost effectiveness there that makes that reality, yeah, things but, will get but cheaper. it'll be interesting over time. Let's do a car debate for our friend Harvey riding in from the big island of
0: Hawaii. The only I think U.S. state that we have never debated from.
1: No, we had that one. Did we remember have one? We had the one that was doing. He was looking for an Evo so he could run the the one like rally stage on in the. Oh, Hawaiian that's Island. right. So that's the that's only right. other
0: one we've done. I hear there's bad traffic in Honolulu. Like I've sat in it. Terrible. I've sat in it. Yeah. But this whole email has been ma- making me remember when uh, our family went to Hawaii. We went mm-hmm. to. Um, uh, what was it? We went to Honolulu and then to Maui. And it was in celebration of my sister's. She, she got her RN, nursing mm-hmm. degree. And mm-hmm. so we thought, well, let's, you know, the whole family will go celebrate and relax. And it was in January. And it was great. And the breakfast at the hotel. <laughs> you and breakfast. Man. Oh, man. I'm such a breakfast guy. You I and breakfast. taste the fresh coconut and the okay. pineapple. And uh, I, I was reading this whole email, Harvey. Just going, wow, yeah, island time, Mm -hmm. very, very different. Yeah, I mean,
1: I've done the Big Island, I've done Maui, I've done Kauai a couple times. Yeah, Uh, it's, yeah. it's It's a very cool place to be, but honestly, it's not a car
0: paradise, it's not. I've been thinking about you and I doing a review there, though. And it'd be cool s- doing something there. Obviously, press cars are hard to come by. Uh, yeah.
1: Hard to come by. Read. They don't have Island. them there unless they. Well, but here's what I find funny. Every now and then they'll do a press launch in Hawaii where they ship all the cars over there, have the press launch and then ship them back. Yeah,
0: that does happen. It's Which not is all the time. Yeah. But I'd love you and I to just have that different scenery and mm-hmm. a different outlook. It'd have to be two very uh, suited cars, I would say. And I haven't really decided what it is because, as you said, it's not really – there's good driving roads, but they're not long.
1: Well, and the good driving roads in most cases are the ring road of the island, so you're on yeah. the th- you're yeah. on the thoroughfare that everyone is using, pretty much. You know there is that problem as well. But I have sat in traffic in Honolulu. It feels like every other city, except there's more palm trees. Uh, but <laughs> then, you, probably, but then you get away, and it feels wow. kind of awesome. So that's cool. So anyway, Harvey has an interesting Corvette midlife crisis problem. <laughs> yeah, he has a 1993 C4 Corvette with only 33,000 miles. Gorgeous. He found it on the island. Now his comment, and I. talked I totally understand this. The car market there is limited. Yeah. And you're not exactly shipping it uh, elsewhere. In fact, the cheapest, nicest Lotus Elise I ever found a year or so ago was offered in Hawaii, which is why it was so cheap. Because right. if you, you want to come get it, then you've got a cheap Elise. But by that point, you spent the same kind of money. But his point is you've got to pick from stuff that's there. He happened to find this, got a great deal on it. It is gorgeous and clean, and he loves it, and it is his baby, and then the problem
0: starts. Yeah, he said it's painted a quasar blue metallic. Only a little over 300 were made in that color. Very interesting. And so he's driving down the road and he said, I get passed by a similarly balding middle-aged man in his new WRX STI, the giant wing. And he said to his Mm -hmm. friend, Mm -hmm. well, there's your midlife crisis car right there. And then his friend is saying, well, not as bad as your Corvette. Yeah. Yeah, So he's debating about, should I have done this? But uh, there's a second part to this debate. We'll we'll get to though. But I do mm-hmm. want to address this, and that is, it doesn't matter what you love, drive, what you love, yeah. And you I have our that. permission to go buy the. Hey, it's like you said, a teenager's car or a, bring it, yeah, whatever that is. But does it make you happy? Mm-hmm. Ignore everybody else. Mm-hmm. We're not, you know, buying the car because well, I'm now in the age demographic for name a car, the seven yeah. series, the yeah, Cadillacs, yeah. the whatever. Who cares if you yeah. love the car? That's what I love seeing about Corvettes, young guys in Corvettes and you know, younger guys in like an ATS-V Cadillac. I'm going, mm-hmm. yes, there you well, go.
1: I've seen those few times where you see retired guys hop out of a Fiesta FT, ST, and I practically want to go hug them. I want to be like, you are the man I want to be. Yeah, yeah. You know, That's
0: awesome. Do it. The car that you love and are interested in, just because it says something or you don't fit mm-hmm. the marketing brief but you love it, who cares? Yeah, Buy it. There drive is, it, there love is it. definitely a level of that for sure, and and I have to say, Harvey, honestly, I think it's a toss up because
1: perception is not necessarily reality, but perception is that well, a middle aged guy shouldn't be driving a WRX STI, which I don't agree with, but perception yeah. also says, well, you got to that age and you bought a Corvette because you having a midlife crisis, maybe just wanted a Corvette and you can now afford one, which is actually the reality of why that normally happens. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's there's all of these things. You have to figure out, first off, Harvey, do you care? Right. I right. mean, and, and I'm not saying, look, if you do, that's fine too. If that's not a perception you want to give off, look, as much as as I know Corvettes can be very fun to drive, there is that perception. It does exist. Yeah. In the same yeah. way, look, I'll give you the the counterpoint. In the same way, That there is a perception that goes along with Miatas. Now, no enthusiast on the planet who drives a Miata will say anything other than it's a great enthusiast car because it is. But there will always be those people that will make fun of the guy in the Miata. doesn't matter how old he is. So the question you have to ask yourself is do you care?
0: Interesting about Miatas, when we were looking for Miatas for our four generations, Mm -hmm. I found everybody from, you know, late, teens, early 20s, driving those cars all the way to the brand new ones being owned by older couples Mm -hmm. and it's small and lightweight, but it's softly sprung and it feels Mm -hmm. like a small GT car. Yep. Yep. That car, any car I think ever made has the most wide swath of buyers for different reasons. It's
1: got a very broad demographic. It's very interesting. Well, you've got it from the guys that are the, and I've known these people, the guys that there's a family here locally that they're, they're, they're 16 to 17 year old drivers drive. one. Right. Here we go. All the way to the guys that are all they do with their Miata is track it all the way to the retirees that all they do is drive it with the top down slowly because they're driving to name the place this week.
0: Yeah. Arizona, Florida, wherever.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, but, but that's the thing. You have to figure out if you care, but you aren't gonna you aren't going to change this perception that's the thing that I want you to think about harvey if you're worried about it, that perception is just going to be there because you have this car uh where Where this gets stranger is that Harvey then starts to really unpack this car purchase
0: yeah he's saying when is a car too perfect to drive as far as a value threshold because mm-hmm. he got a great deal on this, but he's asking you know is it like a ten thousand dollar threshold is it a hundred thousand mm-hmm. and he's saying his corvette is perfect. I mean, really, really nice. Very close to perfection. So he doesn't drive it in weather and uh, yeah, not in the rain. And it's the one that gets parked in the garage.
1: Yeah. Other cars have been kicked out of the garage for the Corvette. I want to stop here real quick and say, Harvey, I have not Look, you live in, you live in Hawaii. So you're going to probably shake your head at me, but I'm going to say this. I've been there a few times and I thoroughly enjoyed being there every time I was there. Yeah. But the, the lingering reality, and I was there at multiple different times a year. I was there on a shoot once in the middle, one time a year. I've been there at different times of the year. That's
0: right. I forgot about that.
1: The one thing that was a universal about Hawaii is it's going to rain today. And it's going to rain today at like 101, it's not raining. At 102, it's a downpour. <laughs> yeah. there, there wasn't there wasn't like a warning like, hmm, might rain. It's like, no, suddenly we're raining. Right. And, then, and then 105, we're done. My question is you said you've never, ever had this car in the rain. I'm having trouble not reading into that that you just don't take it anywhere. Because how do you not get caught? That's what's boggling me. True, true. That's a great point. The thing that's happening here, Harvey, is that this car clearly is very precious to you. Mm -hmm. And I want to get to two other things in this email. One is your wife has an X5, that she's a little frustrated that it's getting parked outside because of the Corvette. And then also, you own a Porsche 914. But you never drive. Yeah, and so the the point of this very lengthy email—it actually came in stages. It came in like chapters. I think you <laughs> yeah. were listening to the podcast and kept going. Oh, and another thing. So anyway, <laughs> exactly. But, but the, another the, email. The, day later. the other part. The other part about this is you're kind of going. What do I do with this vet? Am I too precious? Yes, you are. Uh, what do we? What do I do with this vet? And what do I do with the other cars in the stable? Because the X5 has required some maintenance, but you got it for free. So you own that outright. You have the nine one four that you aren't driving, and you have the Corvette you're too precious about. Let's give Harvey some help.
0: I agree. Yeah, this this two liter nine fourteen that sits in the driveway. It's that green. That actually, I really dig on that car. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's that it's, it's that
1: kind of deep ish seventies green. It works. It does. Yeah, it
0: works. I, I dig it. And then this twenty ten BMW X five diesel, twenty five thousand miles on it. He got it, and he paid nearly nothing. I, I mean, we're talking. Thousand bucks. It was a
1: it was a friend handoff car essentially.
0: Yeah, yeah because they were leaving the island, mm-hmm. so it's not like there's a big market. And you know, when you need to sell the car, you need yeah. right now. I need it gone out of my yep, life for sure. So he got this great deal. Unfortunately, it's immaculate, but it's had a lot of problems. He mentioned the idler pulley sheared off the front, the fuel <laughs> filter heater failed, and he paid eight hundred bucks to report that repair that, and then the uh, the diesel fluid tank got replaced under repair. So that's... Uh, under recall, yeah. That's... Yeah, uh, Yeah, the diesel exhaust fluid there, that got replaced under warranty, of course, but nickeling, diming him to death at yeah. this point. So he's asking me, you know, he's asking us, saying, gosh, aren't BMWs supposed to be this reliable, robust thing? Hmm. I <laughs> Well... <laughs> Sometimes, yes, yeah, but they do require the maintenance as you're For finding sure. out. For Even sure, with thirty thousand miles on it, mm-hmm. uh, well, thirty thousand miles, but it's also an eight-year-old
1: car, so you're you—it's old enough now. Forget the mileage; that stuff will be wearing out. Very true.
0: And now he's got a kid in college, mm-hmm. so college expenses are adding up. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm wondering about a scenario here. First of all, you mentioned here: should I dump the BMW X5 and run to the nearest Subaru dealer? I've got suggestions for you there. My okay. answer is yes, I think you should get rid of the BMW X five despite it being immaculate. Okay. All I right. say All right. however much you can get for it, I don't know how how much reserve you have for getting another car. Mm. That's my concern because there's no budget in here. Sure, for sure. And I know the college constraints, the you know, having mm-hmm. the child in college is is probably rough. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I have some ideas, just want you to think about this. But then with the cars being, you know, the Corvette being in the garage, I can relate, Harvey, about the the preciousness. And I I guess you have to try a rainstorm. Try it out. (laughs) See if the car survives. Yeah. And maybe you start rotating cars through the garage, actually. So, you know, this week the... 914 gets to be parked in there or something. And then next week, the Corvette. And then the week after that is the car that you get to replace the BMW X5 because we're going to replace it.
1: Interesting. Okay. All right. I want a different route on all of oh, these. A rotation could be interesting. <laughs> <A>
0: rotation. <clears throat> Who's in the garage this week? Funny. It, it could I work. Yeah. I mean, you know, but I, I would say let yourself drive it in a rainstorm and see what it's like. And, yeah, you're going to want to wipe it down and... Yeah, all that kind of stuff afterwards. That's fine, <laughs> but uh, again, at what point is uh, is the car owning you? Agreed. I think that's a that's a great. And way I have to, to remind myself of that very point, and that's I why I do. can relate, Harvey. I, I can. Yeah. But I don't want it to own me. I don't want my things to own me.
1: Yeah. Well, we were just at this car thing, and I talked to our friend Clayton, who who runs a great detail business yeah, in yeah. town, and I told him that you know, look, I have kept the Lotus. I'm putting air quotes. You can't see clean. I've kept it clean, yeah. But I also drive it, and and I and it has never. I, I don't know the last time it was really detailed because the guy I bought it from parked it outside in L.A. Yeah, Without right. it covered, right. So I don't know the last time the paint the was trap really guard. Give, exactly. I don't know the last time the paint was really given a nice once over. I mean, it looks really good in spite of that, but it needs some. It needs some love. But, you know, I said, said to Clayton I wanted to get him to do a detail, and he starts listing off all the things he'd like to do to the car, and I was like, whoa, slow down, slow down, slow down. So <laughs> it, signs it, before you. I him. am. But there's, there's lots of things you can do to make a car pristine, but then at the same point it becomes precious. I'm going to go a totally different route with you, Harvey, and, and, I'm, and it's tough love time. Oh. Um, the first off, I'm going to deal with the X5. Paul may be right. It may be time to jettison this, but here's my actual question. Let's look at this from a sheer budget perspective. You haven't listed a budget to replace that car. You said yeah, your, your wife really likes it. Yeah. You've replaced some things on it. Okay, I, I submit to you those things, because of the age of the car, were probably going to be replaced one way or another. You talked about tires. and this I mean, okay, all right. Sure. You got the car for nothing, which means you own it outright. Yeah. yeah. So my question is, where's the tipping point? And only you can answer this, Harvey. Where's the tipping point in your budget between the money that is going out, while that hurts, What's the trade-off for the monthly payment you're paying for something else? Fair. I actually wonder, in spite of the fact that you haven't had this very long and you've done what I would describe as like the first round of pain of this stuff needs replacing. <laughs> okay? Dang, but, but round now, one. But now you're through that. Is it still causing nickel and diming or do you have a stretch here where it's just going to run? You're going to have to look at your budget and realize, is this car actually a savings because it runs and you own it versus – the monthly payment of the new thing. Yeah. If, yeah. what, if, if it honestly, if it's starting to cost you the same, if you, if you amortize it out for a year, the same as if you had a car payment, then yes, go get something else. I'm not sure you're there yet. Only you can tell me, but that is the decision on the X5.
0: So you're saying possibly keep it. If
1: possibly if keep this it, this is Dep- going to run now, run, run the numbers and figure out, right. Amortize this
0: out. Well, how's this going really? Sure. But you don't know what's going to go wrong next. What's going to need attention and dollars. You next. don't.
1: You're going to have to figure out the pain tolerance. And if you really think it is costing you the equivalent of a payment, then you go get something else. If you're still on the right side, because you own it, then maybe stay. Right. Here's the tough love part. I don't think anybody on the planet honestly looks at a Porsche 914 and has anything bad to say about that person. I think it's one of those cars that is just kind of nice kind of you drive a 914 that's pretty cool especially a 914 on the hawaiian islands yeah and this is a good looking one too it's not like i i, I thought you sent us photos i thought when you said the 914 was sitting out under cover i thought it was going to be like the car that doesn't run it looks great yeah it, it looks, looks great, really actually. nice and yeah. you talk about the fact that it runs fine and all this kind of stuff i know you're not going to like this but i'm saying it anyway sell the vet because you're really? too precious with the vet really the the vet is a car that I I love your term about it owning you a vet is a car that that your wife is frustrated because she can't park in the garage you won't drive it in the rain by the way in case you haven't noticed it's Hawaii it rains a lot uh, so there's that problem but but and you're worried about the perception of it and you're worried about anything happening to it I understand how you're there Harvey and I love that you love this car and that it's pristine but here's this nine fourteen which is going to be great to drive yeah it looks cool. It's a car with without a mystique. It's just a little Porsche fun runabout. Sell the Vet, embrace the 914. Hmm. Make the 914 run awesome. And I also submit to you, I think the 914 is a little more unique than a, than a middle-aged guy in a Vet.
0: It is very very that way. It's it's along the lines of what he saw in that, you know, older guy driving a WRX STI. It's along those lines. I get I, that. I don't
1: even think it's along those lines. I think it it avoids that mystique a little bit. I don't think I think I don't think a 914 really has a lot of midlife crisis car about it because it's quirky enough that it avoids it.
0: Meh, yeah. I, I mean the Porsche
1: badge yeah. is the only thing that goes midlife crisis, but other, but it's a quirky little Porsche. If it runs and it's fun, go embrace that car and drive it. Sell the the vet. I know it's pristine. I know this hurts. Sell the vet because, because you're too precious with us. Embrace the 914. Drive it. Make it run perfect. Get your wife something that runs. Be happy.
0: Interesting. Wow, that is tough love. Harvey's sitting there in shock. I can tell. He is. He is. And his wife is
1: sitting there, arms crossed, looking at him going, uh huh. Cheering uh-huh. you on. That's yeah. for sure.
0: Well, the the first sentence that you wrote to us was that you wanted a Corvette. You sent your daughter off to college this year and you wanted a Corvette. It's hard for me to ignore that. I when get you it. want something, you just yeah. want it. And it's hard to explain why and hard to justify it. Totally. And it doesn't necessarily need to be justified. We're here to to back that play. But That's where I'm at. I, I'm having trouble seeing him selling a Corvette, I guess, right now. Especially if he just got it. It's paid for. Yeah. Pristine, all yeah. that kind of stuff. But, all right. I, I, I need you to start driving that car honestly and take it out in the rain and just kind of take it out more and kind of allow it to get dirty mm-hmm. and yeah you might need to find a detailer guy to keep you know keep things you know on top of it for you yeah. you know keep it clean for you that might be part of the equation maybe if you started parking it outside and the car cover part could could factor Possibly, in but but I also th- think about okay you've you've
1: owned the icon. You've owned the car that you've always wanted to have, but you don't really drive it, and that kind of makes me sad. And so I kind of feel like you've had the life experience. You've enjoyed the life experience. You can check that box and get something yeah. you can drive.
0: Yeah, but I'm disagreeing because you want the Corvette. I know. And I'm saying sell the Porsche.
1: Wow. Wait, wait. Full stop. Hang on. Full yeah. stop on the podcast. Paul just said sell the Porsche.
0: I, I am tough loving myself over here okay. because... That sounds awkward, but yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I applying the same thinking here, but if you're not driving the 914 and you want to drive the vet Oh, I agree. There's why there's, the there's two sports
1: cars here, and one of them must go. That, I think, is a non-negotiable. I think one of the sports cars goes.
0: So I just... I'm wondering about that, and as fun and cool and, like you said, quirky as it is, I just... I, I don't know that it's the... I don't know. I, I'm just not seeing it as the right car. The 914
1: there. is the oddball in this equation. And I think it's either embracing it fully there. or I see I see your point. But we have two sports cars. We have the much-loved, perfectly dusted, perfectly covered, taken care of. And, oh, by the way, I have this other one
0: that's very nice as well but sits in the driveway. I'm sitting here going, why do we have two? I'm just – I'm looking at that car Interesting. and hearing your love for the vet and thinking – I'm not hearing a lot of love for the the 914. Okay, and if you All right. don't like it and you just have it for some reason, maybe your daughter drove it or something. Then it is
1: it is the weird car is it in the still scenario. There? It is the weird car in the scenario. I will give you that. Okay, but I think tough love because he's too precious. Uh, you and I are not in agreement on this, but it's been no. a nice roundtable for I, sure. I,
0: I have some suggestions for your wife to. Oh, okay, good. Get rid of that BMW X5 real quickly. You're gonna laugh, but there is this car and and you're like I said, you're gonna laugh. The Hyundai Kona. I I know, I know, Kona, Hawaii. I'm waiting. I'm I'm waiting for you to land the plane. This is a nineteen thousand dollar small SUV. Yes, it is. Inexpensive Mm -hmm. and it's just gonna run. True, and I bet you'd be fun to drive too. Killer warranty. It's it's going to be fine. It's it it may be a step
1: down in luxury and accoutrements from the B, well. From that it's older got a BMW. lot of stuff on it, it as far as tech,
0: new yeah. tech, and and it's going to be a new car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They start at nineteen, and my thinking is, if you're just worried about the upkeep on that BMW, just go get this thing with the amazing warranty. Yeah, yeah, and be done. Okay, just a thought for you. But this EV version of it is coming out. In the fall of 2018, 250 miles is what Hyundai's claiming, and if you're just doing short commutes in this thing, they're driving on the
1: Hawaiian island. You'll have enough range. Well,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, but you could be driving back and forth and all. (laughs) I I don't know. It's just not that big.
1: (laughs) You will not have range anxiety. Why? Because I'm on an island.
0: That's my that's my thinking here. So, (laughs) what
1: about the EV? I can't resist. I'm looking up right now Tesla superchargers in Hawaii because they have to have them. Not that you can use them, but I'm I'm just laughing at the fact
0: that there's just not very far to go. And, okay, just stay with me here. As an inexpensive wild card, I'm suggesting a Jeep Wrangler for your wife. Yeah, I see it. I see it. Because you could go inexpensive, $5,000 or less Mm -hmm. to get a Wrangler and Mm -hmm. bomb around the island in that. Yeah. You could go brand new and they're very expensive anywhere in between but get yourself a jeep wrangler it's gonna run mm-hmm. it's the beach truck it's the do everything truck you can rely on this thing yeah and i look at it as you know hey top down go to the beach the whole cruise around hawaii i, I have this image
1: i've driven a wrangler on on, on the big island it's actually very cool yeah
0: but i'm just thinking jeep wrangler as a very crazy okay. strange all right turn but i bet you that thing will be more reliable than that X five diesel. Probably, yeah. And it won't cost you as much yeah, money. Yeah. So a vet okay. and a Jeep is kind of what I'm thinking. A vet and a Jeep. All right. All but right, you're I'm gonna have to it. drive that Corvette. For Otherwise, sure. I'm kinda sure. with you. If you're not gonna drive it and you're gonna keep parking it and not driving it in the rain, it needs to go. But I'm I'm saying because you wanted one so much. You're trying to defend it. I understand that. I understand that. Yeah. I'm just hearing the passion, but I'm hearing yeah. zero passion for the nine fourteen. which just, is weird. Yeah. I also have this thing sitting in my yard, is all I heard. I didn't hear the, and I love it. And it's not a planter, which is also very odd. So I have to
1: say it tonight on a very special episode of Everyday Driver. Paul says, sell the Porsche. (laughs) Crazy. Unbelievable. I I may need a minute, but yeah.
0: All right. Well, guys, if you have your own debate, please write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. Or on the website, you can find us, everydaydriver.com. While you're perusing the adventures tab there, you can contact us as well. You can. Guys, we'll be right back. If you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for, but what does that actually mean? You know, the same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking
1: for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees, accessories, everything, before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want,
0: all from the comfort of your home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Well, because TrueCar shows you what other people paid for the same car you want. And your certified dealers already know this. So they set their true price competitively so they can win your business.
1: So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit TrueCar and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features aren't available in all states. Let's talk about the National Humane Society for a moment. It may seem strange on a car show, but here's the reason. First off, I have a dog that's 11 years old. Her name's Sierra. She came from a shelter. We love her. She's amazing. Mutt's rule, I have to tell you. Find a mutt. That is the dog you want. Chance, who sometimes sits in on our show and actually is a great shooter for us, he and his wife, they have dogs from shelters. National Humane Society is great because they're taking care of homeless or neglected animals. They give them food. They give them medical care. They get them into nice shelters with vaccinations so that people can adopt dogs cats you can get a great animal from one of these
0: shelters but you know they're also raffling off a brand new porsche carrera convertible and a brand new tesla model s every donation is currently being matched so this will double your contribution and you can make a difference so go to nationalhumanesociety.org right now like i said you can win a lot of different cars but most notably a porsche 911 or a tesla model s Your donation is definitely going to help save animals, and if you use the promo code EverydayDriver, you get five extra tickets for free. Go to NationalHumaneSociety.org right now. You can save animals and enter to win some very cool cars.
1: You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the Geico Insurance Agency. Visit geico.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be.
0: If you watch Shark Tank, you've probably seen the water-powered cleaning machine called Brush Hero. I'm looking forward to adding this as part of my arsenal of certified Paul-owning cleaning tools. It's got an impressive amount of torque, and it's not meant to spin fast, but it scrubs with this powerful continuous torque because it's powered by water. There are no batteries or electricity required. Right now you can get a starter kit with two brush heads, a soft one for
1: sensitive surfaces. You can even use it on paint, but they've got a tough one for serious muck. That's the one I'm interested in. That
0: could work on wheels. This thing makes life easier. I mean, think of no more backache leaning over, no more wet, scraped-up knuckles. I'm happy about that, especially cleaning the the intricate wheels on my Cayman. This can get in there instead of jamming rags and sponges into tight spaces around the spokes. Fight the war on muck. This is the ultimate cleaning tool for car
1: guys. Maybe it's a Father's Day gift. You can get it all over the place. It's a must-have for every car lover, at least I think. I, I want multiple because apparently I have lots of wheels and no idea what I'm doing. Brush Hero is at BrushHero.com. You can get it on Amazon or even Costco stores.
0: Hey, guys. We're back with Jason and uh, his girlfriend Katie's lease on her 2015 Mini Cooper. This is coming up for uh, what's next? It's It's about to be What Do I Do Now? Yeah, for sure. They're both in New York City, New York, and uh, it's really trying to find a cool small ride for both Jason and Katie Mm -hmm. and their dog Rico. Mm Mm-hmm. This is going to be kind of interesting. For sure, yeah. So she is looking for something as stylish as the Mini, but also with decent performance, especially handling. And this is sticking out in my mind here. And a small size because they are doing the parallel street parking thing, Mm -hmm. as one does in New York City. As everyone does in
1: New York City. Pretty much. Because you're paying another apartment rent for a parking space. Right.
0: And he says the primary occupants will be me and her and our 14-pound Bichon Frise. Rico.
1: Which essentially fits everywhere. So it probably is on someone's lap all the time. So not He's a problem. He's not
0: quite a purse dog, right? He's not a dog accessory. It's, but it's borderline
1: dog accessory. Yeah, we're right on the cusp. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, so occasionally a family member uses the back seat, but pretty much it's just for stuff like an mm-hmm. Ikea futon or a 60-inch TV or pretty much just clear the city, get out, road trip, whatever yeah. that is, yeah, and yeah. getting around in town. Mm-hmm. So Katie recently drove a rental 4 Series convertible. Loved the car and you know, she also says she'd be happy with yet another mini. Mm -hmm.
1: She would lose another one. She's really liked it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which is great. But Jason's over here saying we should look at the two series, you know, maybe some other options and therefore writing to us, what do we Mm -hmm. think about this? Mm -hmm. I'm really interested because I've got uh, some, some suggestions here for you guys. I, uh, I've noted your budget around 25,000 for the, used car purchase mm-hmm. uh no that's the lease budget 25000 is the yeah. lease budget yeah 15 for the purchase yeah okay so about 10 grand less if uh if you guys want to buy yeah but i'm i'm initially gravitating towards this leasing part of the equation here because if a 2015 car is coming off lease and you consider that old it may be worthwhile to continue leasing. If you Mm -hmm. consider a 2015 car old... Sure, yeah, yeah. ...then, wow, you know, if you go buy something for 15, you're going to have to go back to 2010, 2011 to get something pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it might seem like, wow, we're taking a giant step back, which... Might be better to just continue leasing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: especially if you like to have all the maintenance done and
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Not well, but to worry about it's, the car and you're it's doing these, short mileage, it's these huge metropolitan areas where leasing makes the most sense. I mean, I knew so many people in LA. Most of the people I feel like I knew in LA traded their cars every two years because they were all leasing them.
0: So crazy. Yeah, it was I, very, I can't very common. Imagine yeah. doing this personally, but hey, everybody's different. Well, you Everybody and I have never done situation. it,
1: but there is an absolute way that once you get into that, I can see how it makes all kinds of sense. So I, I, I see the least thing. I, I created a bunch of things to drive here. Because I'm wondering what strikes you, I -hmm. I tried to follow along those lines, and I kind of, I kind of assumed. All right, we're dealing in a world between 25 and 15k, depending upon how we got there. So I shopped in that world, and you guys can kind of figure out: Are we buying? Are we leasing? What are we doing? But all of the cars I've thought about fit this in that price point. But I want you to drive a few
0: things before you settle on another mini. Agreed, agreed. Well, the lease budget I've worked out to about two hundred and fifty dollars a month is what I'm estimating. Okay. At okay. a twenty five thousand brand new car, that mini, they're leasing new ones for about two fifty. So I'm kind of having that in my mind as a benchmark right now. That's good. That's good. But I mentioned this purchase side of the equation for fifteen grand. My example with that is if if you do a purchase you can find a 2011 Audi A5 Cabriolet with 64,000 miles for 159. Keep in mind that if you say A5, 15, I go all the way up to 16. Of course you do. No,
1: because there's there's room to negotiate. I get it. Exactly. Yeah. for sure. Of course you do.
0: But that's my point is you've mm-hmm. got to go back to a 2011 with 64,000 miles. Mm. What's your comfort level with doing that? Sure. Great car, sure. Mm-hmm. and that might mm-hmm. work for some people, but again, but it's older than what she's unloading. Exactly, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, well, maybe keep leasing by comparison's sake to the leasing point. Let me just put this in perspective for you guys. Okay. A brand new Kia Stinger, 2 liter, rear wheel drive can be leased for 299 a month. Hmm, That's a lot of car. That's a lot of car. It's so a it's big a car. bit of a big car for this I'm not scenario, saying but I do this, but just yeah. it gives you a perspective on mm-hmm. in that price range you could go all the way and get a car as large as a Stinger. Fair point, yeah. Which is enormous. Mhm. Again, that's just the base engine, only rear wheel drive. It's not the GT2, which we drove. True, true. But kind of, I found that kind of interesting. Hmm. So I thought, all right, for the uh, that budget, that two hundred fifty bucks a month, I thought about a Honda Fit. Thought that could be sure. kind of fun and interesting, sure. something yeah. different. But ultimately, what I'm landing on is not another Mini. You've enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. You know what it's like. Very cool. Yeah, great car. I think you should go for the GTI. For that kind of money... I've got it on my list, for Volkswagen sure. Volkswagen GTI is mm-hmm. where it's at. Mm-hmm. You're saying handling fun, the size for parking, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. That's where I'm landing is the Volkswagen GTI. Of course, I found the new 2018 Audi A3 convertible for $516 a month, which I could totally see you guys in. <laughs> it's small, compact, yeah. convertible. It actually looks pretty good as a convertible, to be it honest. Does. It does. It's the right size, but... Yeah, they're forty one thousand dollars brand new. So well, but that's out.
1: But hang on, here's the thing I think is interesting. Now that you're here on GTI, I have the GTI down on my must drive list. I think Good. you have to drive that. But I also looked. You can find lots of Audi A threes of different flavors for under twenty grand for sale. And if we're talking yeah. about twenty five grand as a lease budget and fifteen as the the theoretical used budget, I'm literally finding lots of them. They're running nineteen eighteen k for an A three.
0: And you're talking not the hatchback, it'd just be the. I'm talking sedan, the, right? the
1: current sedan, setup, yeah, 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 you know, two three years old, roughly as old as your Mini Cooper, but you're buying this one. Yeah. I think that's really worth taking a look at. I think the the look is right, the size is right. I, I, come on, Audi A3 would be really cool alternative to the GTI. You need to drive the GTI as well. You're kind of honestly when you drive those two cars, it's pick a body style. They're kind of the same in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah, but but that A3 is very classy. I think I think it's really cool yeah. in this regard. Uh so there it is possible A3 GTI is a great one. I've got a couple others but keep going.
0: No, that's that's where I'm landing. I am on the okay. GTI. Right. I mean you you might have to finagle your budget a little bit to mm-hmm do the, hey, we want a used A3 or something. You might yeah. have to increase that if we, if you do want to purchase. But yeah. I'm still thinking leasing is for you, and I'm I'm right there on the GTI for you. Well, Katie. And
1: my and my concern with the A3 and also the 2 Series and the lease is, aren't those leases more expensive than you can swing?
0: I was thinking the same thing. The 2 Series is a great idea, but I think the lease is out of your budget. Lease is going to be like
1: 400 and something, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think it's
0: going to be just right out. Here's me now, saying something else out of your budget. Yeah. Do it anyway. This is
1: a weird podcast for you. I, I think know. you need to. Yeah. Anyway, sit down. Maybe. But uh, so I think. <laughs> Fortunately, the, I am. But the the two series used though as a purchase. Can't you find those for under twenty now? I think you can. You
0: can. And so that's an uh, interesting. Again, swing. you might have to push on that used car budget. Yeah,
1: though. I think. I think the new one is is completely out from a lease perspective. Yeah, even yeah, though yeah. I think that's a good idea because it is the smaller, a little bit more agile version than the four series that you drove. And the base two series is still really fun. That that mm-hmm. ZF is good. I mean, that's a good car all around. So I I back your play there. You need to drive the Mazda three. Okay, good, good. You definitely should drive that. It's in this world. And, Very much. So, and used yeah. ones are cheap. Used ones are under twenty grand to buy, and you might be able to find yourself a lease deal while you're at it. So, and I am talking the current body style. That's and you're not thinking
0: used, not lease on that, right?
1: I. I, I, I which way do you want to go? I I think you could get a lease deal on that car for your budget, but I think the smarter move is to buy the used one. Yeah. And then I have two wild cards. Okay. When I landed there, I thought about, okay, you're in New York. You want to have something small to park on the street. You're in the city. You're not like oh, yeah. you know, upstate New York. You're in the city. Yeah, yeah. So wild card one, while you're driving a Mazda 3, walk your way over and climb in and have your girlfriend climb in the CX3.
0: Okay, good. That
1: is smaller than you think. That is right now I think for me maybe my favorite small CUV.
0: That's tiny actually. I love the
1: way it looks. It's got re- I mean it's it's got all the boxes what you're looking for. They're decent to drive, they're efficient, they're not expensive. Somebody I know just bought one that was a year old. They got it for 16 grand. It was a year, a year, old. year old. A year old. So I was going to say new, they're grand. right around
0: 25, 26? No, they're they're right
1: around 20. Like like Are they? loaded up out the door they're like 22. They're cheap because they're below the CX-5.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. You know, so 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 you've got that. It's they, more the C U V thing. It's not as low it as is. A, it's a not a mini. as low
1: as the little hatchback you've had. It isn't. But I'm thinking you're there at Mazda, drive that because I think that's one that's a possible wild card. And sure. then I had another wild card that you can absolutely get for your used budget, and I think it works because you're in the city. Okay. What about a used BMW I three? I three. The only question I've got is where do you charge it? I don't know. That's why I'm in wild card territory here.
0: I I like it except for the charging thing. Because but the I the parallel street parking, yeah, but who which knows? is not consistent every night.
1: Exactly. But but are you driving to work where you could charge it? Where how often Good are you point. driving
0: this car? Good point. What are your
1: options on charging? I'm just wondering if that actually gets it done because those have got a range of around 100 miles. But you're in the city. True. So True. it's not like you need a ton of miles all the time. That may not work for your life. I know I'm fully into wild card, but. Fifteen grand in your pocket, you can go buy an i3. True, and they're which they're, is astounding. They're stylish. They so high when they're, they came yeah, out. Too high. They're stylish. They're, they've got decent seats. It's got good room. I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of everything you need to do except for possibly haul an IKEA bed. Your i3 can get it done. Right. So I, I, wild card, but I got to say it anyway. Ho- hopefully you guys will drive something fun and you'll find the perfect car
0: for you out of that list. No, that's great. Thanks to all you guys for writing in. And uh, like I said, send us your debate and questions. And uh, we'll move on to the social media questions here. Mm-hmm. Man, bravo, everyone. This is really great. Yeah. I I love the questions. I'm going to have to dive right in from Instagram. There's Y. Okay. He said, what would you have changed to make roads safer to drive in? Drive on? laws, driving techniques, lessons, car safety features, all that kind of stuff. I think everybody is so off into the weeds, at least the manufacturers are so down into the car features mm-hmm. that everybody has forgotten about the biggest upgrade you can do, which is the driver. I agree with that. I agree with that. And fully. I, I'm fully about the lessons and the techniques that everybody ignores because who of who of your friends that you know will admit to being a bad driver? Nobody. Nobody. When you say, you know, do you like driving? Yeah, it's okay. You're probably a pretty good driver, aren't you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah. Well, are you just steering and guiding the car around the planet? Or are you driving? And everybody,
1: everybody, ourselves included, you always complain about the idiot driver next to you. It's never your fault. Right. And and I've got news for all of us, myself included. Sometimes it's your fault. (laughs) Okay? Sometimes the idiot driver is you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: agreed. No, I mean, um,
1: I think about, I know it's a cliche, but think about the Finns. Years ago, original to UK Top Gear, James made it a piece on all of the driving instruction they do for the fins. Like, ice driving and weird wet road driving and the fins right those fins yes Those fins. no no not fins on the car got it the people people from Finland got it yeah exactly want to win get a fin that's where we are tracking now all right exactly they did a big piece on all of the driving instruction that they get from very early on so by the time they released into the world to drive they can drive yeah no kidding and I just but but they're in a situation where weird weather and stuff you're going to need to know what happens Mm -hmm. so I I really wish we had that level of instruction and I honestly I'm going to say it again and I don't think it'll ever happen in a million years i would like a gradient license i would like a license forget the fact you know we have like a c class license I means i can drive a car right but, but right. there need to be levels there need to be levels of i can drive a car that does blank hmm. so if hmm. a cop pulls you over and you were going i'm just going to say it you were going 90 but you've got a classification on your driving license that you could race That's a very different conversation than you were going 90 and you started driving last week and you haven't passed the test and you're terrible at it. There should be graded licenses. This is I realize interesting. this adds a whole world of where do you put the people that are faster than the other people? I get it, but I think it shouldn't be just a free for all. Well, I have a license. I mean that that's that's just a tiny bit better than well I can get somebody pregnant, I must be a parent. No you're not, okay? <laughs> it's not I'm sorry. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> but but I mean really there need to be there need to be levels. But anyway,
0: uh okay, yeah, I'm going to stop ranting. Interesting. The levels this This is I'm warming to this idea because look, I understand look th- most of you aren't listening to
1: this podcast if you're this person, but I understand there are people out there that don't like to drive, consider it a hassle and only want to know how to drive to get the places they have to absolutely have to go right, and that's the only reason they need to drive okay here's the level of driving you can do
0: and the level of cars you can own. I know I'm getting totally militant here but <laughs> but but seriously, you know. Good word. I admit to judging the person in front of me on their racing line and and whether they're getting all their braking done before the corner or after the corner or mid corner. I'm and it's yeah. 20 miles an hour around a corner, but yeah. it never ends. There's a there, race line just turning right on red. There's there's a there at Kimball Junction here locally. Yeah.
1: There's an on-ramp that is a decreasing radius on-ramp.
0: <laughs> yes, I know this ramp.
1: No one does it right. I agree. And I get all I say, my braking done far I left. I say that. I say that because when you do it right, you leave that. You get onto that on-ramp with so much speed, the <sighs> car that you could barely see when you turned the corner, you're on their bumper. You can
0: pass them almost. You almost get on the freeway can. before it's they nuts. can. And it's
1: and I'm not saying. Look, I'm not <laughs> saying this is coming out of any kind of genius. I've just done that on-ramp enough that now I know if I sit here and I turn here, boom.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be fast speeds. I can do Not it at all in the expedition yeah. and catch up to people. Going, why is that truck because, so fast? Because
1: people get confused about the decreasing radius. I have seen so many almost curb strikes on that on that on ramp. It's shocking. It's great to yeah.
0: watch. It's great entertainment.
1: It's fascinating and horrifying all at once. Uh, okay, so. Uh, Brian D Y said Subaru and Toyota are reportedly working on an 86 successor for 2021.
0: I'd wonder if you'd touch Let's on this. Let's
1: see if that's real or not.
0: It's out there a ways. It's hard yeah, to speculate yeah, on. Yeah, 2021 but they are car.
1: saying, and that was on, in the press a lot this week, that there's a successor coming. Honestly, I hope so. Uh, he said, they're talking about a little bit larger engine. Yes, they are he had a thousand words or yes or less using the word proclivity as much as possible. Describe <laughs> our ideal. Okay. Um, This needs to have a proclivity for handling, as it already does. We should not get away from the handling. And I I submit to you that I don't think the car needs much more power.
2: Mm, mm. I
1: think what it needs, I'm going to go to the Miata for a second. One of the reasons the Miata is less frustrating power-wise, also not a powerful car, but because the engine doesn't have a weird dip in torque in the middle. I know I've ranted on this before, but I'm going to rant on it again, especially considering the aftermarket can tune it out. Yeah. If if the engine, let's just say for sake of argument that the new version, the new engine, I'm not even asking for it to be turbocharged because I think there is something analog about having it be naturally aspirated. i like it to be naturally aspirated. I'd like it to weigh about the same, so less than 3,000 pounds. You come in at 2,900, I'm still okay. Less than 3,000 pounds. I like the low center of gravity. I like the naturally aspirated, but it needs to have about 220 horsepower and more crucially, a steady... A steady torque curve that maxes out at about 180. That mm. car would work.
0: These m mm sounds are me disagreeing over here. I just I'm want more power.
1: I know you do. I know you do.
0: I'm respectfully disagreeing. But I know. I I gotta have more power. If they're gonna do a second generation, if you don't bring more power, don't bother Toyota and Subaru. Don't even waste your time. They,
1: they, it needs to have more power. Period.
0: I like the fix the torque dip at the factory, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we don't have to figure it out with all the aftermarket folks totally, over here. Totally. Totally. Even though we can, that's great.
1: But, but, but what if? But honestly, I mean, the thing we like about turbos, honestly, is the torque figure. Yeah. When it comes down to it, it's that torque figure. So maybe, maybe forced induction is required. But I would love to see somewhere close to 200 pound-feet of torque in that car, Mm -hmm, and everybody would be like, this is pretty perfect. Look, we'll still say, where's the 400-horsepower version? I get it, but I think for for what that car is intended to be – doesn't have to be. Where's doesn't the
0: 240, have 240 to be? horsepower version? I agree my, with you. No, I agree
1: thought. with you. 240 horsepower is fine, but I still think it's that 180 or so pound feet of torque to 200 pound feet of torque. Yeah. That's the thing that's going to break that car up. Yeah. And yes, please put good tires on it from the factory. It <laughs> doesn't have to be turbo, but, but let's put the good now. tires on the factory. Yeah.
0: yeah, agreed. All right, Dave C on Instagram says that we bash Lincoln a lot for being boring, but it sounds like we haven't driven their new cars like the Continental or the Navigator. Is there something to be said for well-executed luxury without the pretense of being sporty or being a performance model? Well, yeah, we bash Lincoln a lot, and the new aviator needs to stop looking at Range Rovers for design inspiration over okay. here. They're, okay. I can tell they're in love with Range Rovers because they haven't really found their voice, their design language, like Cadillac has, mm-hmm. They've struggled along. What are we? What do we look like? What's the? What are we gonna do? What's the next generation of Lincoln? Hey, everybody! Maybe we should look backwards to suicide doors. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> Figure it out. Lead the way with your own design language. And so, even though I like the the styling, I, I just still think they're they're not compelling in a in a driver. I guess, a driver-oriented mode. So, okay, but that's not the question here. Yeah,
1: the question is just, just enjoying being in it, the luxury right,
0: concept. Right, and I will say, okay, yeah, there's there's a market for that. There's actually the new Navigator is flying out of the dealerships, as a matter of fact. You know, people are throwing down for this, but it's all about just the luxury. So, yeah. yes, there is, there is, but does it have to be something more? You know, would you rather have the Mercedes or the bmw because it offers that extra special something for the money yeah
1: i think i think that's the bigger question i think if you're going to be not a performance car at all which obviously those those are not trying to be what is lincoln offering that isn't already
0: offered in the marketplace right that's what i really wonder about. because there's other companies that do that, and then they offer a bit better driving fun or dynamics. That's the thing.
1: If you're gonna just offer so, offer luxury, are you offering luxury that the people that are also fun to drive are not offering? I don't know that that's true.
0: I mean, they they do have their place. I hate to say it, but the airport shuttle, you know, the black car services, and you know, the high end Ubers and Lyfts and all that kind of stuff. The is a nice place to be. It is. It is. Yeah. It but, is.
1: It's a nice place to be. But I don't think it it it's not a place that I'm in that I just think. This just beats the competition. I just think, okay, you, you, you have a player in the game. It is the competition for
0: everybody else, right? It and is. Know it's the alternative.
1: It. It's the alternative. Fair. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, I, you know, when it comes to uh, making a, a personal choice, you know, the, you know, personal car shopper,
2: mm-hmm.
0: why why Lincoln, I, I guess, is my question. Why what pushed you over the edge about it? And and that's the thing. Versus in in the this, Germans or versus a Cadillac or versus a loaded Tahoe or mm-hmm. you know something like that. In
1: this world, it's the alternative choice, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. But I don't think that they're offering anything even in the luxury department. It's just like, well, have you seen what Lincoln's doing? It's just like they're they're playing. They're genuinely playing.
0: They're but, getting okay. better. They're getting better. But I'm still not convinced because I want I want I want more out of them. And I guess my criticism of them hopefully leads to a better car where I can then say, yeah, Lincoln, yeah, yeah. I'm, you are finally us. proven wrong. I want to be proven wrong. That's fair. Okay. That's good of you. Genuinely. All right. All I right. do. I, I'm ready for that.
1: All right. Our uh, uh, Turkin on uh, Instagram said, general question about naturally aspirated cars. Are they worth modifying for power? Mm. You can tune them, you can exhaust them, et cetera, and you can get power gains. Uh, here's the thing, uh, and the short answer here is no, because – if you have a naturally aspirated car and you are able to get ten percent more power out of it without going forced induction you 've actually kind of done all there is to do i mean ten percent ten percent out of a naturally aspirated car that is a genuine power gain yeah. aftermarket yeah. and you compare that to the gains that are possible when you just plug a, a tune into your turbo and that starts to get depressing it genuinely does. So it, you have to decide. I mean, and I say this because I did some stuff to my 300ZX, which was naturally aspirated, and I did some stuff to the FRS, also naturally aspirated. Yeah. And in the case of the FRS, I absolutely hit that 10% figure, and I was pretty pleased and killed the torque dip in the process. I considered that a success. Very much so. Yeah. The 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 thing is, once you start adding forced induction, obviously, if you're adding forced induction to a naturally aspirated motor, that's very expensive to do. But once you're there, the power gains can be enormous. I think you have to figure out with a naturally aspirated car, do you like the way you interact with the engine? Because if that doesn't matter to you, because they, they operate differently. They interact differently than a, a turbo or a for, force induction of any kind. Sure. The, the gas pedal to the engine response is much more direct. It's much more, there, there's no lag of any kind because it's just responding what that pedal does. But it does not as, it's not as explosive, if you will. So you have to decide, do you like that naturally aspirated feel or what you want is actually
0: power? Mm -hmm. Then that's where forced induction is for you. There's a question over here on Facebook from Matthew G. It's excellent. He says, everyone dislikes CVTs, myself included, but modern automatics are adding more gears like this new 10-speed GM Mm -hmm. transmission. Mm -hmm. At what point is that automatic transmission just now mimicking the feel of a CVT? You're right. It's almost borderline yeah. because the CVT is trying to mimic a transmission by just selecting <laughs> points and it's calling trying, that yeah, a gear. Trying to discuss gears, yeah. And yeah. over here, the 10-speed transmission is trying to provide such a seamless experience yeah. that it feels CVT-ish. You still do have that feeling of you mm-hmm. know slamming into the next gear at high speed, but that's kind of the point. The, the automatic transmission is going to take way more power through it than the CVT will. There's some CVTs that will take quite a bit, but yeah. it's going to be yeah. those gears that'll be able to take, you know, like that Camaro de- does. Tons and tons of gears. A yeah. lot of power. And yeah. the whole point of that, you've heard us discuss that, is it keeps that engine in the power band, mm-hmm. but you can put so much power through that transmission. Whereas a CVT, they really show up on the more, I guess, Econo cars. and
1: Yeah, they're chasing the miles per gallon.
0: You know, that kind of thing. The, the feel is still going to be different, but I see your point, Matthew.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think more gears are the answer. I think we've absolutely gotten to a place where stop it
0: with the gears. I mean, it's, it's insane. I mean, the next step is a Class 8 semi-truck.
1: <laughs> that it does automatically. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, the nice thing about the actual steel transmission is the fact that you can force it to be in a gear. And I liked the 10-speed uh, automatic in the Camaro much more when I never let it get above 5th. I yeah. Actually, just kept it in a gear, forced it to be in that gear. You yeah. know, but because the thing is, the CVTs, what they end up doing is rubber banding, and that that is the thing that really kills the enthusiast feel of that. When when the CVT is hunting for ratios constantly, the the ten speed though, I hear you, it can hunt as well. So it, we're it's they're starting to blur hunt. the line, and this is an issue for sure.
0: But that Alpha eight speed has done; they've done such a great job that it mimics a dual clutch feeling. Yeah, the, the change between the gears. Is well, that's so abrupt and and good.
1: That ZF transmission, that it, when anybody uses it, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's and, it's and really to think good.
0: think it's still an automatic, quote unquote, mm-hmm. transmission. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know th- that change is really what's important.
1: Uh, let's see. Uh, Sanju wrote in on Facebook and said, "Why does the C Seven z Six get under his skin? He wants to drive one again. Do we feel the same way? Yes, <laughs> yes. That that is. Even though I'm the guy that likes small cars and doesn't want a whole lot of power." If I could have a C7-Z06 in my life, I would go get one right now. It's awesome.
0: It's truly awesome. But
1: uh, yeah, it's only about budget and money, right? (laughs) Trying
0: to look at other questions on here. Wow. A lot of you just thanking us for the Velocity shows, and and we appreciate you watching. For sure. Thank uh, you guys very much. Yeah, thanks for noticing. Much more on the way. uh, following along. There's a question from Ryan S. on the new Volvo subscription commercials. Do we think they hit the mark? And I I went back and rewatched a few of them. And it's really about clear in the city. I mean they they kind of have an infatuation with New York City and San Francisco and show the cars mm-hmm. now the subscription mm-hmm. service and all the stuff that invades our life from delivery truck drivers to the traffic and the noise and they position the car as this respite, this mm-hmm. sanctuary, mm-hmm. the oasis in the middle of the city and it transports you to get you out of the city. Well, you could go get in your car, if you owned a car, and do the same thing. You can.
1: Yes, the car will still do that, it yeah. It
0: still does that. But the way they're positioning it, I I do like it. It is very appealing, but it's it's along the lines of, you can have it right now. Mm-hmm. If you don't mm-hmm. own a car, you can have this feeling right now. And they're mm-hmm. connecting that to a feeling. And as we know, feelings are directly connected to Visa and MasterCard. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's also showing off the fact, and, and this is obviously the benefit. I mean, we're living in a world where we're all becoming very... Addicted to subscriptions. We have a subscription for everything. Yeah. We don't own anything anymore. We just—I don't want to own anything. Yeah. I just want to have a subscription for it. Yeah. And the thing is, that's what—that's what you're selling here. Is you're selling all of the positives of car ownership and none of the negatives. Nothing sits in your driveway. You don't have to get it maintained. But you need to get out of town. We can deliver a car to you, sir. Very interesting.
0: I like it. it yeah. I mean, they're well shot, well executed. Of course. Yeah. And it has this ethereal, celestial. Ah, mm-hmm. you know, feeling I'm getting out of town and nothing else matters. I'm blocking everybody, all the sounds I, I out. will tell
1: you, as a commercial editor, the hardest thing on the planet is getting everybody to agree on music. Yeah, Think about how personal people's music tastes are. Yeah, yeah. You can have 10 people in a room and... Nine of them will go, that's the song. And the 10th person will invariably be like, really? You guys like that? <laughs> yeah. That song is terrible and annoying and sounds like fill in the blank. So a lot of times you just end up throwing up your hands and going, who's the person that has the highest ranking? You're the decision maker. Which piece of music would you like, sir? <laughs> anyway, exactly. uh, piece of Life Bugs uh, writes in on Instagram and says, okay, you guys could buy. It's funny because I was actually thinking about this this week. If you could buy a 20-year-old car as a project car, money, no object, what would oh, you be? What would it oh. be? And how crazy would the modifications be? Hmm. I, I look. I have a Lotus that I love, and I found myself this week digging around on all the car sites about other cars I haven't owned that I would, li- or cars I have owned that I would like to have back and do whatever. Really. There's no good reason for this, other than the fact I'm addicted to cars. <laughs> I would love to have a ninety five or ninety six last year three hundred z x really would love Jones to have in for one. that again. I would love to have one of those and just money no object go modern with it go okay, let's upgrade suspension, let's upgrade brakes, let's get it let's get it modern capabilities in mm-hmm. suspension and braking. I don't know that I do a ton to the power, maybe a bit. I mean, those cars that were around 300 horsepower, you could get 400 out of them pretty easily. So that'd be plenty. Yeah. And then just take all the electronics and make all the electronics modern. Now it would be that modern in that way that it doesn't, I didn't change the gauges. Everything behind the scenes is modern. Okay. But it still looks like it did. Of course you have to, you know, wired for Bluetooth and all that, sure, kind, of, which is easy, sure. which is easy, but make stuff look organic and yet it's all modern underneath. And there's even, and I'm not typically a guy that likes this, but there's even a no rivets at all, by the way, wide body kit for those cars that looks really cool. Really, I know the Rivet wide body free, thing. Huh? The wide body thing right now is all about the rivets. I'm talking. This is a smooth body kit hmm. that is a wide body kit that makes that car look extra mean, and I think makes it look a little bit more modern. Those of you out there right, that are shaking your head at me because you've seen it and you hate it, but I think it's great. <laughs> I do that as well, and that is a completely needless cost, but it also makes that car even more interesting.
0: That's funny you brought that up because I've been thinking about 928s and dropping, you know, modern Porsche running gear and PDKs. Sure, yeah, yeah. Because those 928s originally mostly were built with automatics. Mm-hmm. What if they had a PDK? Sure, yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. Put the moder- put a modern Cayenne motor in it.
0: Yeah, yeah. But it leads me to all kinds of cars, like an NSX with the the power equivalent in its day. You know what I mean? For now, because the power mm. jump Camrys have almost 300 horsepower. Sure. You know what I mean. That, Where's
1: that, the 400 horsepower? That first gen power
0: yeah. jump and make all those cars that we love from then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like your car, the, the Z, the yeah. Supra, the mm-hmm. NSX, all those cars, and make that you know percentage jump. I guess add 150 I see that. horsepower yeah. or something like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And you know, like you said, redo them, carbon fiber body panels, redo everything in the interior, modernize mm. the heck mm. out of them, but that shape. I don't know that we'll ever get those again.
1: It's it's so great looking. Yeah. And and so many crash standards have changed that you can't really get a shape like that anymore. I like that NSX. That's really good. And what's fascinating yeah. is if you ever if you ever have the chance to see in close proximity or look up a couple of photos, look at the interior on the NSX next to the interior on that nineties three hundred ZX.
0: Very similar. They
1: actually. they could be brothers yeah yeah and the fact that they're from two completely different automakers and they have two completely different layouts mid-engine and front engine right. I am shocked at how similar those interiors are right. and I love them both
0: yeah that's interesting okay now you got me thinking but uh, we're gonna have to uh, wrap things up at this point guys really really appreciate it as always we have uh, yeah such a great time reading through questions for and sure sorting yeah, through your comments it's great uh, pilgrimage trip reminder is announced Please consider. We'd love to have you. It's yeah, always sure. a great time. And this trip is going to be, you think it's going to be driving. No, no, no. It's going to be driving. You're, it's overload of <laughs> it's driving. be so much good driving. From the time you step sure. off the airplane until the time we drop you back off, exhausted, wrung out.
1: and <laughs> still talking about cars. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's going to be so much driving for everybody. Yeah. It's going to be your, your, your
1: first day, I will say, your first day when you climb off the plane and you're massively jet-lagged, we got you covered. We come in early, so we're covered. We'll get you in the vans to your first driving day. First day is recovery day. You want to drive that day, but after that, it is on, my <laughs> after friends. After
0: that, no yeah. Marcy. Guys, thank you again. Looking forward to next time. Cheers.
1: You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere.